technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as... These two idiots? Stop, tell me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. This is episode 111, <laughs> just like Bilbo's birthday. Uh, today is November the 9th, and my name's Adam. And my name is Nathan. Today we are coming up to the end of our top 100. This is part 9. We will reveal to the world our top 20 to number 11. Not the top full 20, just that 10. Yeah. Still got to wait. Still, still a chance to get hit by a bus, <laughs> and this will always remain a secret. Yeah. Um, I have made a prediction for Nathan's top 20. I won't uh, say what they are this week, but... Um, well, I think maybe maybe we'll make it official for top ten. Like you said, you've kind of got a list for me. Maybe I, yeah, after I tonight, we'll. Uh, well, but I think we can also just play. I think we can bring it up. Maybe, like, just when I say something tonight, and if you had it on your list. <laughs> Just like it's, yeah. Okay, I guess I could do that, Uh, (laughs) and I'll do the same for you. I only have fifteen. Yeah, as long as it doesn't uh, deflate the excitement of it by being like, "Yeah, I knew that would be the one." (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'll keep score. (laughs) See how I did. Well, yeah. Nothing official. It's a gentleman's game. Um, I'm pretty confident in... I have f- four question marks. Two are ones you might have already said and I I've, <laughs> have forgotten. I have one that you might have already said <laughs> because we've talked about it so much. And then it's yeah. like, I don't know if you said it or not. Like, I'm confident it's on your list. I just don't know if it's already been said. Yeah. And then I have two that I that might not even be on the list, and mm. uh, maybe I'm way off base. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I think we're kind of equal in that. Um, before we get to the business, let's, do you have any pleasure pleasure to discuss? <laughs> Can't talk tonight. <clears throat> uh. No, I just, we've been kind of slacking on our plastic straw discussion. And mm-hmm. big news. At least on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and big news this week, in Canada at least, at McDonald's. Uh, there's still, once in a while, you get a plastic one, but most of the time it's paper straws that they're switching over to. So... It's just another sign of the fall of Western civilization. <laughs> we're sucking through paper to get our yum yums, 
But I will have to say there has been a huge uptick in the quality of paper straws, I would say. In uh, some of them, I guess. In some of them, especially restaurants, I find where it's like they're so hard and I feel like the interior is almost plastic. Yeah, wrapped in paper, and it's lined. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas, like, they're not collapsing anymore, and it's just not cardboard. Whoever thought just cardboard cylinders in liquid was going to survive? But uh, they're harder. They're better in that way. But I definitely still prefer the plastic. And yeah. uh, yeah, it's it's a shame. Well, I it was weird because I texted you um, because I experienced it firsthand for the first time from McDonald's. I'm just looking it up. Apparently, it was like I don't know if it was just announced in October that they would be switching. Right. So it is pretty pretty recent. But in that visit, I got pl- I don't know how many. There were three drinks. And at least one of them was a plastic straw and the other ones were paper. It was some mix of it. So it's like they're clearly still in the transition period. But uh, in just Googling this, Canada is behind because it looks like the U.S. was doing this like possibly, I thought I saw a 2018 article. Oh, no. But uh, also the very top result um oh yeah okay the fast food company switched its straws from plastic to paper in june 2018 but says the new straws are too thick to recycle (laughs) it's like what's the point no it's such like that's the thing the other ones were being recycled i saw a thing today this like crazy overhead shot of the bulldozer like bulldozing over old windmills because like the material from them and there's like there's no way to recycle them so they're just putting all these windmills in landfills <laughs> it's just like it's like I, I i thought it was from the onion and it wasn't yeah. it's just like it's so like oh my goodness it's such a fake show people put on pretending yeah but uh but i don't like it uh but uh with the straws but i will say it's especially bad with cold drinks like slushies or milkshakes or something like that that's you don't want the paper you want the plastic there especially because it's that much stronger to break it up if you gotta mix it a little, some of the paper is not that bad, but yeah, no, it's just not the same. Probably gonna have to buy a case of plastic straws and just put them in the glove box. Well, yeah, we've had our own plastic ones for a while now because <laughs> Tim Hortons. So today, Brenda brought me home a nice cap, but we have a box of plastic straws here and. She's bought the like individually wrapped ones for the car, but then at home they don't need to be wrapped; they're just in the cupboard. 
so get stuff home, then we can just <laughs> use what we want. Like kings. Uh, yeah, and I have like a handful in my car of the the wrapped ones. So it's like they hand me a straw. I don't I don't even give it back. I just, I still take it and oh, just for put, sure. put it in like my door, like in the little pocket there, and just collect them forever. And then purge. I should have like a bonfire with them or something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it uh, is. It this is, is what downfall. the people come for. Yeah, the plastic straw conundrums it, it carries on and yeah anything i've heard it's it, it there is no benefit to any of this it's all like you said for show it's smoke and mirrors it's pretend it uh costs just as much or more to do this and creates as much pollution and it doesn't like maybe okay the one thing you could say about paper is it will break down faster like or yeah again friggin sea turtles <laughs> like, <laughs> that is what everyone's concerned about is that no turtle ever has to get a straw up its nose again so it's like oh this is in water it'll it'll break down but folks we're putting these in our water that's what we're trying to drink through so they can't break down <laughs> that easily <laughs> uh i also love the like we're putting them in plastic cups you know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's insane. Everything is insane. Um, yeah. So I knew I had some other uh, topic to bring up. This isn't terribly exciting, but it is film related. Um, I came across someone's list on Letterboxd and it referenced this website. It's called rarefilm.com. And there's a second M after film, so I don't know if it's rare film M or just film.com. But uh, subtitle, The Cave of Forgotten Films. This is a website that just has movies, uh, a ton of movies that you can just watch for free. It's just on the website, so I I haven't tried to like cast it or do it anywhere else I've just done it on my computer but uh, there's just an insane list of these rare forgotten whatever films and uh, I haven't really gone through it too much but just a quick browse Um, I think you brought this one up A Man for All Seasons is there Mm -hmm. 1988 but uh, that one's marked as HD but there's a lot of like documentaries and um, shorts that uh, beside each one, if you're looking at the full index, it'll say like Golden Globe nominee or Academy Award nominee or winner or whatever. So that's kind of cool. So you can just kind of browse through and be like, what's something that actually might be pretty good and not just like <laughs> rolling the dice on uh Canada's sweetheart the saga of Hal C Banks <laughs> uh but yeah there's it's pretty cool there was one i watched and it was from this person's list on letterboxd it was called abducted and it was pretty good uh but also at the same time kind of not good <laughs> but uh, <laughs> 
it was like, I see why this, it probably doesn't have a wide release or like a, a Blu-ray or even DVD. So this would be one of the only places to find it. But, uh, it was enjoyable and it was like, I can see potential in this and I kind of want to watch a few more of these. Maybe they're not all like that, but, uh, I like coming across those, uh, these are really, really hidden gems, I guess, if you find the right thing. But uh, that's rarefilmm.com. Mm. If anyone has any interest in that. So, yeah, you can either stream them right on or you can even download the file uh, so you can save it to your computer or whatever. But uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool find. I'll uh, probably peruse that every once in a while. Yeah, sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I know there's a, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, uh, what's his name? Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Uh, old episodes. And they're a rich uh, source for old movies, obscure things that you've never heard of. And uh, I was looking down through their catalog, and they used to uh, just even just, like, have 20-minute episodes where him and his co-hosts would recommend a movie each and talk about it for just, like, 10 minutes. And, uh, yeah, things like that. Love it. Uh, Leonard Moulton, I listened to his episode or one of his episodes, and he has a whole book on, like hidden gems and stuff like that I'd be interested to check out I think he even has a podcast yeah I daughter or something remember I should look back into that but yeah it actually relates to our episode because I was just looking over some of these and then it's like uh, another question for us for our stats is like how many of the are how many of our movie selections are part of a franchise? Right? Yeah. Where it's like, so I have, like, even today, one, two, oh, I guess I just have three today that have franchise potential, I think. So stuff like that, it's always interesting. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I have seven today that have a sequel or part of a larger franchise. Right. There's only three standalone movies. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I have thought of that too because um, I know I was saying when this is all done, on Letterboxd, I usually change my favorite movies every week to reflect the podcast. But I'm like, maybe I'll retire that practice. Cause I don't know if anyone ever notices or cares. <laughs> uh, and I'll just keep it as my top four. And then I was like, or maybe because I have so many franchises, like I could just do the four standalones. And I remember checking that out and it was, it was, wider spread than you would think <laughs> like right. it's probably all in the top 20 but it's like i have so many franchises in the top 10 that 
yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty. Spurred. Looking at my list, and there's like one or two things that are uh, in the next twenty that are like okay, that's not going to be on everyone's list. But then it's like the rest. It's just like that's a typical thirty-five-year-old male <laughs> list, <laughs> which I'm yeah. fine with. I am fine with. Well, and I think we we already guessed the number for the next 20 of what we'll have in common. And so I've made my predictions here, and I'm pretty sure I said the same number last week. I think it was nine. Let me just see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So as long, if I'm correct in all of these, then I know for sure it's nine. But there were a few question marks, and uh, at least one of them is included in that. You might have already said this one. So yeah, it's like, I don't know. Who knows? It's a little so, tough. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, maybe you'll have something that I do have on my list, but I didn't think that you would or something like that. So. <sighs> it's like Christmas. We're we're unwrapping the the, the best stuff now. Uh, so I think I went first last week. We should <laughs> keep track of this. Um, I thought I did because I faked you out with Independence Day. Okay, and, so you- and said Die Hard, and then you had Independence Day. Okay. So, no, that makes sense. So, then I go first today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This one, I don't think, will be on your list. (laughs) Out of the one, this is the only one that I think you might not get. And if you get this, then you're on fire and you might might do a clean sweep. Ugh. My number 20. Oh, yeah. I'm always looking for stupid stats before uh, going into this. Ten out of my ten movies this week span 18 years. That doesn't seem that crazy. But seven out of the ten span only 11 years. Like, it's... There's... I was just looking at them, and it was like, they are jammed in, like, this uh, one period of time. But uh, my number 20 favorite films on the Line of Sight podcast, hosted by Adam and Nathan, <laughs> 2021... This is a 2006 movie directed by Mel Gibson, Apocalypto. Okay. <laughs> I I think it crossed my mind, but I did not Yeah, I think uh, you'll have I did the rest. not have that one. Uh, I wonder so yeah. Hmm. I hope I have the rest. <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be funny. Uh, well, that's I know the, I have most of them. But yeah, there's a, and there's, there's a few those with you there. also where it's like I know there, there's gonna be a, some Marvel stuff, but it's like I don't think there's gonna be a ton. But 
there could be uh, it's like the missing five it's like okay five more marvel movies <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah i probably have more surprises than you do yeah i think so <laughs> uh what i was thinking is like there's probably i don't know if he's gonna drop muppet christmas carol in there or not uh but well no last week i did say um Die Hard is my last Christmas movie. Right. I'm pretty sure. Let me confirm. Even I wouldn't stretch any of these to say they're Christmas. It is in one of them, but I'm not that crazy. <laughs> uh, so, Apocalypto. Mel Gibson's mm-hmm. Apocalypto. I, have you seen this? No. I. Last time you talked about it, I went looking for it yeah and it was it's pretty hard to find now yeah you on uh but they did re-release it on blu-ray within the last little while so like the okay blu-ray was was like that hadn't come out yet or what because yeah i do remember looking and it was like you couldn't find whatever the previous release yeah no it was like they were people were selling them for like 60 bucks i probably should have sold yeah. them there and then all of a sudden it was re-released for 20 bucks again but just blu-ray whatnot uh this is a fun little movie uh since you haven't seen it i won't spoil anything but it is uh has a lot of elements different elements that i enjoy quite a bit where it's not a single location, but it's almost like uh, the second half of the movie is almost like a single event, like speed or something like that. Or it's like you're just with this guy and whatnot. It's interesting because it's uh, subtitled. Uh, so it is supposed to be, I don't even know if it's the Aztec or the, what's the other? Mayan. Mayan. So, I'm not sure. I should have known that. But, it's all that. I think the world building, all the characters, that uh, is great. The energy, and yeah, love it. There's a big chase for the second half of the movie, and it's just like, yeah, Speed or Mad Max or stuff like that, but... It's primal, and there's no technology, so it's just running through a jungle. And it's like, this is great fun. And I really love it. There's, uh, It suffers a little bit with the age. There's a couple shots that look a little uh, obvious, uh, not the best special effects. But, hey, that's in every movie. doesn't really detract for it for me. Think it's something special, something unique. Two thousand six Apocalypto. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I considered writing out more than twenty, but I thought that was cheating. I I wanted to keep it to it. Right. Full twenty. No. Uh, no wild cards. <clears throat> Um, so no, I didn't have that one, but, uh, you've talked about it before and I know you love the films of Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, I don't know how, <laughs> even on this list, 
maybe that's one my that first directed. That's my <laughs> first directed one. But he's only like directed four or five movies. Yeah, and actually just bought that the other day. The Man Without a Face is his. Is that the first one he directed? Maybe, yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah. Okay, mine, this one, I would assume you would have guessed. Uh, we have done a whole episode on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to keep you in suspense for too long, so I won't build it up, but... I watched this recently because Halloween is in it, and we just had Halloween. 1982 from Steven Spielberg, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Yes, that was on my list. Yeah, this one, it's like... Entertainment kind of, Tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> because I, I was listening to Leonard Moulton today, and he kept saying E.T., E.T., <laughs> he sat talking about it, and he, he meant entertainment tonight. <laughs> He's like, when I was working on E.T., and I'm like, what are you talking about, working on E.T.? <laughs> you worked on E.T.? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we've done a whole episode, so I don't need to go too much into it. Um, I uh, I think I've probably given my history on it, but... Did not see it when I was that young, um, but still, like, I posted on Instagram a picture of this sweater that I got in uh, Universal Studios that has, like, the Universal Studios Florida neon logo and ETs coming up over it. Got that at the studios, at the ride. It was grade five, so it's like 96, 97-ish. I don't know when exactly uh, we went on the trip, but um, I feel like I hadn't even seen it then, like in its entirety. I I recall um, there's this whole history with uh, me and my wife and her family, and our families were friends, and I remember vividly it being on at their place, but I could not watch it. I was terrified <laughs> hiding under a blanket. Uh, so it's like I had some, some vague images, but I remember standing in line at the, the Universal Studios ride and there's trivia and I'm like, I don't even know these answers. Like I'm, I do not recall anything about this movie other than E.T. himself. Like, barely knew the characters so then it must have been like after that um i don't know if we then borrowed it from her family but there's this et vhs tape that we borrowed from the dales and kept (laughs) forever until like a decade or more later (laughs) and we started dating and then i returned it as like a christmas present or something so but it was, yeah, it was around that time. So I was like 10 or 11, finally man enough to start watching E.T. in full. <laughs> and uh, and then 
not that I became obsessed with it, but I did wear that sweater a lot, so maybe it became part of my identity. That is a pretty sweet sweater. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it must have been huge on me. I didn't think it was that huge, but like, it does fit me still. It's got a lot of holes in it that don't show in that picture, but uh, I don't really wear it around just at home. But uh, yeah, E.T., watching it, we watched it the other day. It is one of those that I have just seen so many times that I don't even need to watch it. <laughs> like uh, Maybe when we're doing an episode, you really pay attention to a movie, like taking yeah. notes and everything. But when it's just like for fun, I will end up on my phone a lot if I haven't seen it. If it's something I or if I have seen it, if I haven't seen a movie, then I'll usually pay attention unless I'm really not into it. But yeah, this for sure. It's like, I'll still be quoting along with it, even though I'm not even fully giving it uh, all my attention. But uh, yeah, it, it has some significance in my life and uh, it's very well done. Uh I was going to say one of the best John Williams scores, but it's like, I've been thinking about that recently and it's like, I don't even know how to rank this guy. They're all like just top tier, like his top scores, he has like 20 of them. So it's like, how do you even say that? So, but it is very, uh, memorable, uh, the score and the stuff in it, in the movie. Um, and, Very simple. I was thinking about it recently uh, when we watched it. It's like talking about being on my phone and not really paying attention. It's like you could put this on in any language and anyone can get it. Like you don't have to know what anything is being said on the screen. And it is a very visual uh, storytelling kind of movie. And it's in the performances and the emotions and the music and all that. Like you can get it without comprehending the language so yeah for sure Spielberg, we should uh, mention I th- I'm sure it was mentioned on our other episode but talking about Universal that you and I went there yeah one of the last been. years that E.T. was even around the yeah. ride yeah. and having not seen the movie I made the insane <laughs> retarded bet against you <laughs> that you're in the lineup and you're through like the big redwood type trees yeah. and stuff. And then there's like a astronaut looking suit, like when they do their spacewalks. Yeah. And then I'm like, there's no way that's in the movie. This is stupid. <laughs> and you assured me that there was, and I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> and then having seen it just recently, it's like, what is that all about? Like, it's not even like the uh, radiation suit from Back to the Future or like a million other things. It's like they're yeah. full on spacesuits. <laughs> yeah, it's like the solar visor reflective. There's like Darth Vader breathing happening. and. Yeah. And it is like a horror movie scene, the right. way that they're coming in. And, and the way they're, they're walking. No one walks like yeah. that. <laughs> and the movie is supposed to be like from a kid's perspective. So I get it for that where it's like this is a scary thing that's happening when in real life, even if the government was going to invade your home, they would 
maybe say a couple words like yeah. we're from the government we're taking over but it's just like guys walking with their arms out like zombies and literally like saying ah as they come in through the window and <laughs> like trying to scare them so it's it's crazy but it's like no you like i said you get it it's just uh the story from a kid's perspective you don't see the adults faces ever until uh the end there when keys finally shows up so it's yeah but I, I, yeah we did talk about that bet before yeah, that's <laughs> it's so uh, stupid that's that's macarinko confidence in nothing <laughs> yeah it it i understand right it being like why would there be yeah. but it's like no i know i know this movie <laughs> <laughs> and you're like there's no way <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. Uh, no, that's a good pick. I did have that on my list. Uh, you done? Yeah, I don't need to. Okay. Uh, mine, 19, 1995's Pixar's Toy Story. Okay, yep. Of course, and I'm... Um, Expecting that this will be, uh, I predict this this will be on yours next week. But yes, Toy Story is my highest rated uh, Pixar animated feature. I had, I believe, Wall-E, Ratatouille, and The Incredibles as well. It's undeniable. They're awesome. Listen to an episode this week actually with Brad Bird on Gilbert Gottfried's stuff and it's a two-parter they are so good Brad Bird's awesome he's making fun of everything he's making fun of Mission Impossible himself with the convoluted stories and stuff and like he's he's awesome but uh Toy Story kicked it all off it's something special it's unique uh yeah it feels different than even the uh, sequels. Uh, it's less sentimental, I find. Uh, it's funnier or like edgier in certain aspects. But uh, yeah, we, we will, I think, probably do a Toy Story episode. Maybe the original three, we did one on why the fourth one is an <laughs> abomination. But yeah. that first one is something... Uh, something special like uh yeah that's the thing that's it like staying power right people know toy story it sticks around it's like shrek people know about it but it's like toy story and shrek the two like flagships of the dreamworks and pixar and it's like Shrek is nothing. Everyone knows it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, Toy Story is amazing. All the voices are amazing. The jokes are amazing. Uh, yeah. Show it to my kids. They love it. They love the argument scene when they're under the truck. They think it's so funny. <laughs> Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. I'm lost. Andy is gone. They're going to move from their house in two days and it's all your fault. Mike, 
my fault. If you hadn't pushed me out of the window in the first place. Oh, well, if you hadn't shown up your stupid little cardboard spaceship and taken away everything that was important to me. Don't talk to me about importance. Because of you, the security of this entire universe is in jeopardy. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's incredible. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like, everything about it is That's a, Like, so it is good. perfect. Like, you could yeah. say now, okay, it doesn't look as good as the new ones, but outside of that, it's like, is there even the slightest flaw to it? I feel like with that, for a number of reasons, um, but because it was the first computer-generated animated film, feature-length film, uh, they had to give everything the most detail like attention to details right background characters facial expressions like pacing everything was so fine-tuned because for one yeah it takes some like computing power to render stuff and you can't just be like uh now we're gonna cut that scene so it's like it went through so many like rewrites and like tests and all this stuff so i feel like they do that kind of stuff now, but it, they're also like, ah, it's going to make money no matter what kind of thing. But with that, it's like, this has to do well or we're, we're the yeah. company's done. You, so I feel like it has that extra care put into you it. Can, you can feel the passion behind it. Like, yeah. Everything and is. a lot of movies still do have that, but this one is definitely unique for, uh, for that reason. It's, the most like do or die kind of thing and they they nailed it yeah oh toy story 1995 amazing so nine years old (laughs) (laughs) uh my number 19 i know that you will have and (laughs) it will also probably be next week and it might even be a bit of a surprise that it's number 19 for me because i haven't mentioned any in this series and everyone puts this at the top drum roll I am talking about I know what or, you're gonna say. okay <laughs> from 1980 the empire strikes back nice dun, dun, dun. I was watching it today uh, just the beginning just because uh, rather than watching a show on my lunch I just put that on it's not that I don't like it that uh, I'm putting it below other Star Wars movies that will come later, but I watch it the least and I like the things about the other ones more, even though I know this technically is like the best movie. Right. But if we're talking favorites, I don't ever think I want to watch Empire Strikes Back. Mainly because it's like, not that I find it's a downer, like, because that's kind of the reputation it gets. It is still really funny at times. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, I love Yoda. Like, it is insane uh, with this franchise how, um, what's the word? how abused (laughs) abused and sullied and uh i guess abused is the nicest way to (laughs) 
put it. I was looking Molested. for something harsher. <laughs> something like that. Just, yeah. The character of Yoda is Empire Strikes Back. Not anything else. Right. Like, and Return of the Jedi is fine because it's just him dying, but whatever. But, like, even in the prequels, it's like they're just doing a parody of him. And they they never get it the way that it should be. Um, I love Goofy Yoda to start. Put that down. Now we've... Hey! It's my dinner! Listen, friend, we didn't mean to land in that puddle, and if we could get our ship out, we would, but we can't, so why don't you just... Get your ship out. Hey, get out of there! And then him just turning to back to Wise Jedi, the way he speaks, people don't get it. He, like, he says things a little differently but it's not like he speaks backwards the way that like people make it out to be no he says it's, things once in a while like that yeah it's like a word or two can be flipped but it still has the meaning and right. it's like oh in english we probably wouldn't say it that way but the way that it's written in the prequels is so convoluted right. where it's just well no like the, the begun formula. the clone wars has is yeah, it a but, retarded statement that he would not say in Empire? No, I know. Yeah, and it, and people know. will say stupider things. You think that's stupid, Adam? They'll say, "Well, that's him younger." And then as he gets <laughs> older, he's been around people more, so he's developed. Like if you hang out in Australia, you might start developing a little bit of an accent or something, and he's changing the way he speaks. I know. You're correct. That makes no Yoda, sense. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying the stupid things that people say. Uh, so while he's... Uh, I know. I know. Well, he's... <laughs> he's living on Dagobah by himself. With all the bats. Yeah, I know. English. <laughs> Come on. That's, uh, that's just a little thing. But yeah, this movie, obviously, it's in my top 20, so it's still great. Uh uh, I just feel I need to right now justify why it's not higher, but no, uh, you don't, yeah, no, for sure. You don't have to. It makes like I would have had my list, like a Star Wars list, in a different order years ago, and it's only in the last like 10 years probably switching that up a bit. But yeah. there's nothing wrong with they're all awesome, they're all awesome. Yeah, and again, Johnny W just <laughs> knocking it out of Well, the I think like, that's actually a point for Empire. Yeah, that for sure. It's like of the original three, it probably is the best. Like it introduces the Imperial March. The asteroid field is incredible. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. The Yoda's theme. Like, the, there's just the a finale. lot of unique things. 
Yeah, like, like is insane when they're just well, yeah, wrapping up the movie. Yeah, uh, and even yeah, the stuff with like um, the "I am your father" bit. Yeah, there's a huge like uh, I don't know. It's it is it is amazing, um, and I think I have one more John Williams score this week. But yeah, music plays a huge part in movies. Um, and these two that I've already spoken of, it is definitely a huge part. Actually, you know what? In mo- most of them this week, there's maybe one that I don't really, I couldn't tell you what the music sounds like, but uh, all the other ones I can think of off the top of my head. So, but uh, yeah, at least one more John Williams to come. But uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Nothing more to be said. It is amazing. Uh, my number 18, 1987. I'm sure you had this on your list for me. Broadcast news. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought it might be higher, but... Uh, yeah, I could just... I don't know the order, so I'm, I don't really care about that. Yeah, so. the order is tough to say. Actually, it's funny. I have it right up after Toy Story. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Broadcast news, something special. There's this movie has layers. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> no, and I, I almost put it on. Um, I forget what what I watched instead, but I I almost did, and I put on something else. But now it can be part of my project to watch yeah. all your movies that I haven't seen. Uh, saw this on Netflix. I've mentioned this before. Years ago, started it and just kept watching it. Holly Hunter. Uh, and it is so good. James L. Brooks writes it. I think it's his best thing he's ever done. It's so good. It's so watchable. Uh it's about fake news essentially and news becoming entertainment but then there's a ton of relationship stuff and there's so much more and like the characters talk about characters like this is a purely character driven story movie like no special effects nothing crazy is going on it's just plain uh, excellent writing and excellent storytelling and even aspects of like there's a bit of a uh, love triangle and that kind of stuff is interesting and uh, very watchable and then also I think part of what appeals to me about this movie is also there's like uh, it's uh not James L. Brooks. What's it? Albert Brooks Albert. is in this as well. His relationship with Holly Hunter. The having, like, f- from his perspective, he wants a relationship with uh, more than a friendship with her. But I can sympathize 
And, like, I like the idea of platonic <laughs> men and women friendships as, like, it's not going to be romance, but you can get along with the opposite sex sometimes so well. And, like, it's weird how easy you get along. But then even, like, uh, I've had friends that are girls that, like, people say, like, we're old married couples because we'll just bicker at each other the whole time. But, like, it's just, like, a different kind of fun relationship. And I feel like this movie is part... That's partially why I like this movie. And that's just, like, a little ounce of what makes this movie awesome. And Jack Nicholson's in it. And, yeah, there's a bunch of, like great actors and etc love broadcast news yeah that was one i when i was coming up with this list i almost forgot and i was like oh for sure it's <laughs> gonna be on <laughs> yeah it's nice getting to the 20 because we've gotten through a lot of the surprises right and i think Having been doing this for two years, we know what's in our repertoires yeah. <laughs> of like stuff we we watch, and yeah, a lot of these we will have brought up on other episodes because obviously they are our favorite movies. Yeah. So I think I've just thought surprise. of another movie. I have sixteen for you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Okay, so, yeah, going off that, I have talked about this probably on the same episode that you brought up, Broadcast News. Not that they're related, but they're not uh, in the forefront. Probably a hidden gem or obscure favorite that we've listed before from 2007, Stardust. Okay, I had this on my list, but I was convinced you had already said it. Okay, no, it's it's bounced around at the top. I don't think we were, weren't we talking about this recently, though. I feel like um, it's just like that's funny because I saw it. It's like, oh, he's already said that. <laughs> I thought that that's funny. I mean, I was talking about Michelle Pfeiffer. Maybe that's I, why. Maybe yeah, that's I don't I know. If I mean, we've been doing this for a while now, so yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think other episodes we've talked about things. But, uh, yeah, so I have mentioned it. Um, yeah, I've talked about, like, Lady Hawk. Maybe that's, right. like, the closest yeah, thing yeah. and Batman Returns. But uh, she's not really the main character in this. She is a part of why I like it. But closer to it, I would think, and maybe I've said this before, but another favorite that I've already mentioned, Old Yeller. Mm-hmm. They seem very different, but uh, they're both, and the narrator, Sir Ian McKellen in Stardust, says it. This is about the boy that becomes a man. And I friggin' love the main character, Tristan, and that transition because you do see it where he is just like a stupid boy at the beginning and like this kind of clumsy oaf and, but still kind of charming. And 
through the course of the movie, it's only like a couple of days, like a week tops, other than the prologue being um, 18 years before or however old he is. Um, but yeah, love it. Uh, I'm not a huge Claire Danes fan, but she's also in Family Stone, which I've already <laughs> mentioned. And she's in this, and I think she's pretty good in this. Uh, it's directed by Matthew Vaughn, who um, he did, uh, and you weren't a fan of The Kingsman, but he did that, uh, at least the first one. I don't know about the second one. But uh, he likes to use Mark Strong, so Mark Strong is in this. He was in Kingsman and... Um, trying to think of what else did he do um but anyways in this i it's just a great different fantasy um oh yeah kick-ass was the other one he's i like that movie a lot and uh mark strong is in that one and then oddly enough he did x-men first class which i kind of hate <laughs> 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 everyone loves but it's like not that it's the worst X-Men movie but I just hate that everyone loves it because I don't think it deserves it but uh, yeah Stardust watch it quite often I love there's just like little chunks of this adventure it's different it's uh, it's not Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter it is just this one standalone single world uh that they build in one movie and it's satisfying and it tells its tale. It doesn't have to go on for three movies or more. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's also very funny and charming and it has, it has great music. Uh, like I said, all of these have standout scores. This score, I know I've heard in like other movie trailers, they'll borrow from it sometimes. So that's kind of unique. Um, I know that another movie like that is Lady in the Water. Some of the music from that. I think actually <laughs> for the trailer for this, maybe even they use Lady in the Water for uh, for the trailer for Stardust. But then in turn, Stardust gets its score lifted for trailers. So it's great fun. Highly recommend. Uh, fun for all ages. Stardust. Good one. Uh, my 17, something you've said many weeks ago already, 1993's Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say it before you, but I'm like, I don't know the year, so I'll, I'll hold off. <laughs> uh, this movie has only grown and grown and grown on me. It's so good we both love it it's bill murray i think at his finest this is actually we have our little stats going in spreadsheet and talking about does someone die right and it's like well bill murray dies tons of times in this there's a whole montage of him killing himself but then i thought you know who dies the bum dies so it's okay yeah <laughs> so it's not even but then i i would still argue that bill Murray does die in this 
Well, that's one thing with these stats is like if they don't stay dead, right? I don't think it counts. But I I just double checked. I did mark it as a yes. Someone dies because I would he say tries to save him over and over, and you don't see it in that final day. But you got to assume he dies. I would say <laughs> I'll never say if they come back, they still died. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, Groundhog Day, funny, amusing, great fun. It's I think it's better than just a comedy. It speaks to like how you live your life and different like philosophies of life of like he's like gluttonous just doing anything he wants and then he's turning into a selfless kind person at the end and like everything in between and it's just interesting and yeah uh it's a masterpiece groundhog day man it's so good Um, since I've already said it, uh, E.T. is another one I had marked. No one dies, but E.T. is declared dead right? and comes back to life. You could argue he doesn't actually die. It's kind of not clear, but, right. uh, having just <laughs> said that one, that was another one I had a note on about not staying dead. And then there's actually, there's another one then. You'll have it eventually. I don't know if it'll be this week. We can bring it up then. Yeah. Uh, so that was your 17? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're at Marvel. Uh, my next five are Marvel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this one... Oh, well, I won't reveal too much. So this is uh, my number 17 from... 2018 Avengers Infinity War. Okay. See, that's Some the thing. People... I put on my list for you, which is like <laughs> Avengers question mark. And it's like, I'm thinking he'll have the first one. He'll have Endgame. I wasn't confident in any other ones. But, uh, okay, Infinity War. Lay it on me. It's not like we have three hours of this discuss. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> sure do. Uh, it's, yeah, I can see some people saying this is the best Marvel film. Uh, kind of goes along with um, Empire Strikes Back. I think that's what it's sort of trying to be. Also, just the uniqueness of... Um, it kind of being Thanos's story mm-hmm. and gives you like a great villain because there's so much time put into him and he's done so well, uh, bringing all these franchises together. It's like the first Avengers was a big deal, but this is like, this isn't just, uh, three individuals getting their own, or I guess four technically. And then coming together, this is like, that plus Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther and like the events of Civil War and all this stuff that like builds to this, uh, and then it's still not done at the end. It's uh, it is insane. This I kind of feel like um, 
Empire, how it could be called the best, but it's not my most favorite for certain reasons. There's a lot of amazing parts in it that I do love, but I haven't had any other Avengers movies on my list yet. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> like you said, we have three hours discussing it. So yeah, I'm sure everyone knows why I love it. Um, again, the music is incredible. Uh, specifically whenever the Avengers theme comes in, when Captain America arrives and when Thor arrives at the end, it's just those two moments are awesome. Um, yeah. Infinity War. Good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> my number 16 is a 2001 feature, Black Hawk Down. Ooh, I considered that. I did not put that okay. on my list. So yeah, Black Hawk Down. I rem- I distinctly remember seeing it, and then we went out to uh, Wimpy's afterwards. <laughs> I don't know what else everyone else saw, but I know we went with another family, and I saw it with some of their kids and the dad there and I distinctly remember that and thinking wow there's gunfire constantly throughout this movie (laughs) like even when people are talking there's just guns going off in the background constantly (laughs) like there's like uh, for a two hour movie say there's probably like half an hour of where you can't hear guns being fired it's like crazy uh i like the energy of this movie it's uh it's what is funny is though like this feels like this is a great modern war movie but it's 30 years old like the events that yeah (laughs) so it's like that's like saying like vietnam and World War Two are closer than we are to it. Like it's nuts. Like you wouldn't you you feel like those would be two completely different eras, right? And like you yeah. made a Vietnam movie versus a World War Two movie. Uh, and this is like if you make a modern Afghanistan movie, it feels not that much different than. Mm. Uh, Black Hawk Down, but it's quite a bit of time has passed. Uh, I like it because it's also like they mention it, but like the politics is part of the movie, but it's not like that's not the issue. It's just like we're just going to go play by play of what happened and show that. And it's just about the soldiers and that's it. I think there's the editing, the yeah, the action or whatnot, like all this together, I think it's something special. I've always liked Black Hawk Down, and yeah, that's another Ridley Scott. So 
that's four Ridley Scotts on my list. So he's I up didn't there. Realize that I I was gonna ask who directed it, but I didn't. Yeah, for a piece. So like he he had Gladiator the first before a year before this, and then follows it up with Black Hawk Down. And the crazy thing with Black Hawk Down, everyone looks the same because they're all yeah white males, short hair, <laughs> generally good looking actor types. But it is crazy. It's like a, it's similar to Band of Brothers, where it's just like it's crazy. All the like guys that come out of this, uh, yeah. like everyone's in it. Won't start just rattling them off, but you look up IMDb, look up the cast. It's pretty nutso. Yeah, well, I'll say one because when you started talking about it, I was thinking about um, Kingdom of Heaven, right? Because of Orlando Bloom, and I didn't even realize that this was Ridley Scott. So it's like, oh, he used him here. And then I guess he used him for Kingdom of Heaven. Right. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a while since I've watched it. I I had it on DVD. I've bought it recently on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched that. So uh, yeah. it's, it's due for a rewatch. Yeah, for sure. no, I had a sweet DVD package where I will say... I really appreciate Ridley Scott's uh, willingness. I don't know if it's his decision, but like a lot of his movies are released with a ton of yeah. special features. And there's not all the time, but a lot of times there's even like a, a full on non propaganda making of movie along with it. Uh, yeah, I had a three-disc DVD of Black Hawk Down, and I think there's three commentaries on it. And, like, the guy that wrote the book, Ridley Scott, and then maybe just, like, a cast and crew or, like, production guys or something like that. But it's just, like, I love that when they just give me everything. So, uh, yeah, Black Hawk Down, something, yeah, it's just insane and... Yeah, it's a another one of those similar to Apocalypto, where it's like, okay, we're this movie takes place over forty eight hours type thing. <laughs> like it's just uh, not a one location thing, but a one idea type thing. We're just sticking with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so far of those two, I can I know the two that I would take out of my predictions (laughs) that those would go in for. So they were two of my question marks. See, that's funny because those two question marks are gone. Like they're not even in the top one hundred. It's wild. If there's not enough room, there's only I guess yeah one. one was very much uh, like, I don't know. The other one, it's like, I don't want to say it, <laughs> but I know it's special to you, but I also know you don't think it's like amazing, but it could end up in the top 20 still. So right. we'll, we'll wait and see. My number 16, you have already said it was your wild card you swapped it in last minute 
from 88, The Land Before Time. Oh, wow. I thought about this for you today, too, and I did not put it down. <laughs> I did not get this one down. I'm like, yeah, I think he likes it, but I don't know how much he likes it. That's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of movies, and we can go more into this maybe uh, after we've finished them all, but movies that, like, at one point were your favorite right. movie. Right. And then, like, even uh, even deeper, like, there's a lot on my list that at one point I could probably say was my favorite movie. This included, obviously, when I was very young, not that I couldn't have it as my favorite for long after that. But for sure, when I was a kid, this and, like, Never Ending Story, depending on the year, were, like, my number one. And this still holds up today, like, as a... I don't even feel like it's a kid's cartoon. Like, it's pretty mature. Dealing with death, dealing with separation, all this stuff, extinction. (laughs) Uh, Sharp Tooth is pretty scary. It's terrible. Um, The... Yeah, there's there's a lot, and actually, what was just on? Oh, it was there was a book. Uh, reading to Alexis, a book. I think it's called. It was Room on the Broom. They pulled the ending from this, where all of the dinosaurs are like tarred together, and they scare off the Pachycephalosaurus. That is used in this book, Room on the Broom, where this witch keeps allowing these animals onto her broom and it breaks and then they have to save her and they create one giant monster to scare off whatever it is that's a dragon or something. And as I'm reading it, I think Brenda's even like, that's Lamb Before Time. And I'm like, that's exactly what that is. But uh, the humor in this is so good. Uh, quote Ducky a lot. Um, Petrie was probably like my favorite when I was little. Actually, I, I did like Littlefoot when I was younger, which is weird because it's like Leonardo. He's one. He's yeah. He's one of those characters where it's like he's so he's kind of bland, mm-hmm. but he's also the main character. And it's not that he's uh, like he doesn't have character, but he's like he's just trying to find his his family and following, I don't know. He is a great character. It's just for a kid. I, I don't know why anyone would <laughs> gravitate towards him when you have this other fun band of characters. But, uh, yeah, now for sure, Ducky is the most entertaining. She's awesome. But, yeah. uh, yeah. And then the score, <laughs> If we go on to get... Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. uh, You've mentioned it. (laughs) You've mentioned it before. It's amazing. It is. It actually is amazing. Uh, No. Excellent choice, which I did not predict. I thought... Nah. That's what I thought. (laughs) But excellent choice. Totally agree. My number 15, we're just clicking along here. Mm-hmm. The Shawshank Redemption. 
1994. <laughs> I don't have that on my list, and that was an obvious one, <laughs> and I feel like I probably filled it up, and I was like, well, that's 20. I guess I'll stop, <laughs> but that is so obvious, and it's funny because I was just listening to, oh, a film junk talked about it. Right. So it was like, it's fresh in my mind, and that, I, oh, that's embarrassing. I listened to a film junk episode today. <laughs> And spoiler, uh, last night in Soho or whatever that new movie is. Yeah. They review that and Sean gives it a five out of five. And I'm pretty sure he gives Shawshank Redemption four or four and a half out of five. And it's like, what the F are you talking about? I have nothing to say negatively or positively about the Soho movie or whatever it is, but it's like, what are you talking about? Shawshank yeah. Redemption is in your brain not as good as this movie. Impossible, impossible. Uh, yeah, I think it's what it's because Shawshank is held in high regard. It's like you have to be harsh on yeah. it, and it's like, oh, it doesn't deserve five stars. But then, yeah, to give a five to just some other thing, <laughs> it's pretty sus. Uh, Shawshank. <laughs> Love it. Have always loved it. Uh, this is actually one of the first movies that uh, my future bride and I watched on a date night once. And she had never seen it. I'm like, well, let's watch two hours of men getting raped in prisons. Yeah. <laughs> and she was in. So, but talk about life affirming. This is. This actually fits well with Groundhog Day and like just like a feel good movie, but like it's not fun subject matter and stuff like that. But talk about like Morgan Freeman stealing the show, like that voice, that narration, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing. Uh, great scenes in this movie, like there's the opera scene there's the tarring the roof scene there's the actual escape scene like there's it just keeps coming at you it's pretty special uh yeah undeniable for me that was the other thing we should look at how many movies do we have that start with the (laughs) uh yeah the Shawshank Redemption. Love it. And, uh, man, it's good. Yeah, I uh, I should have had that one. I, okay. I and, and I've actually seen since I saw it this year, uh, Gilda, which is the movie that they're watching because the Stephen King books, I think Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently this is one that lots of people say the movie's way better than the (laughs) book. Uh, Yeah. It's just like a short story or whatever. Yeah. It's not a full novel. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's three I didn't have, but the one that's at the bottom I feel like is you've already said, so maybe 
I took up a spot with something that I I've already forgotten that you said it's because there's two movies that I figure you would have on your list, or maybe you won't. Have I guarantee the next four I say you have on your list. Okay. Well, you've already said this one. I jokingly said I had it last week as my number 30. It is my number 15 independence day. Okay. Um, we can go on and on about <laughs> Independence Day over and over. We've talked about it. We've done a commentary. If you haven't heard that or watched it with our commentary, um, I know I haven't, <laughs> but we've talked about we should watch it with commentary and do a commentary on that. So there's layers. But, uh, yeah, Independence Day, I mean, had the VHS, watched it all the time, quoted all the time uh i've been saying it <laughs> i've been saying it for 10 days i was i was thinking of that line for something oh uh, i don't know what specifically i'm sure it was something recently but it's like thinking of memes I, there's so many things yeah that like that should be a meme where it's like there's a news article and then you just have that after it. I've been saying it for 10 damn years. Like that's, that's perfect memeing material. I don't know. It's not as in the zeitgeist. I totally agree, but maybe people aren't (laughs) with the zeitgeist of independence. Day. You don't see it referenced that much. I feel no. Whereas there's so many things that I think are meme material it's like i w- am the only one that will get this and maybe close friends but at the same time there are lots of things that turn into memes that it's like i don't know the source of this but i'll still use it so uh i had someone that thought that i was a south park fan because i reposted a, an image and it's like yeah i've barely seen an episode of south right. park <laughs> uh but yeah, Independence Day. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is incredible. I think he is the number one reason why it's amazing. Uh, of the other main characters, I, at the time, Will Smith probably would have been the second, but I like Bill Pullman more now, I feel. Uh but still, those three are great. I There's actually great started watching like the first five minutes of uh, something on Disney Plus. So something Soul. I don't know something Soul. Uh, black voices when they're celebrating Black Voices on Disney Plus. I was okay <laughs> looking through that, and then Jasmine's in it. Uh, so I clicked on that and it was just funny because it's like 1997, I think. And then it's just like, so it's right prime independence day years. And it's like, she's talking, speaking the exact same way. And it's like, Oh, Jasmine. I love Jasmine. I love everything (laughs) about that movie. I love all the characters, even the annoying characters. Like, 
Mr. Yeah. Menzicki. <laughs> there's yeah, there's really nothing I actually hate about. Oh, this. there's nothing. That's the thing. Like, uh, there's absolutely. I'm trying to. There's think. There's things that might be like not even annoying, but it's like that's dumb, but I love it. Kind my of stuff. my only complaint. I've said it before. My only complaint is that helicopter gets shot before the yeah. laser is shot on the cities where it's like you don't they shouldn't have the attack on the empire state building white house etc should be the first violence yeah uh yeah that and the only swing and a miss with the comedy forget my lawyer yeah Lawyer jokes are out. <laughs> Nobody wants them. Yeah. It is so, that, like, set up. Like, yeah. It's like, here. <laughs> like, it's so, yeah. yeah. It is him doing a bit. Yeah. Like, it, there's no other thing. Like, he's doing a comedy routine for David. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. Like, it's so, yeah. But still, love it. It's just one of those things that you can roll your eye at and, and still laugh. But, yeah. uh no. Uh, otherwise, Roland Emmerich's best movie, The Independence Day. <laughs> the Independence Day. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're just flying here, but that's okay. My number. We've f- talked about all these. I know exactly. <laughs> and other than Black Hawk Down, I'm sure all of these have come up before. Yeah. Uh, my number fourteen. 1985 you've mentioned it already back to the future love back to the future if you had you could convince me that this is my favorite movie in some time yeah if i (laughs) as soon as i watch it right at that moment it is my favorite movie (laughs) but like it's so good watched a bunch of it recently i think i mentioned that when you mentioned it uh yeah it's unique uh it stands alone on its own story what a good story of like okay we're gonna do time travel but what is it oh he has to get his parents to make sure they fall in love like that alone like you're not saving the universe or any crap like that (laughs) like and there's no like biff is the bad guy but he's not preventing the time travel or knows anything about the time machine or anything like that. Like it's not like, Oh, he knows about it and he's going to steal the plans or anything stupid. Like, it's just like, he's just more of a hindrance that gets in the way, things like that. But like all the characters are just like fulfilled perfectly as, uh, what you imagine them to be like Biff with like, and like just, when you're a kid, you don't pick up on stuff. So, like, watching it over the years and, like, obvious jokes that weren't obvious when you're a kid. But I remember finally getting the, the uh, like, Biff giving uh, McFly a hard time. And then he's like, I spilt beer all over my suit when I was driving. Who's going to pay for that? It's just like when you're a kid, it's like I'm not even registering what that means. (laughs) But it's like I love that he's 
complaining that he spilt beer on himself and got into an accident and is blaming other people. Just like, (laughs) (laughs) so, like, there's just a million layers like that. I prefer this Jennifer. Everything. Yeah. It's just like, uh, music, Doc's great. Uh, yeah. It's just. So this is the one that I had. Doc does not stay dead. So right. does that count? Or I, we might have talked about because I know you said the Libyans. Yeah. They uh, could possibly die, <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> but they would be getting up then and still after them. But yeah, I. It, that is a good question. Does Doc die? He does. It's hard to say. Like the first shooting, does he yeah. die then? I would say so. Right, or does has this already happened? Right, or are we seeing this for the first no, time? No, it's two different timelines. It has to be because of the like Twin Pines, right. Lone Pine right. thing. Like it's definitely changed. This is a time travel movie where it's creating branches of different timelines. So he, he doesn't really restore it. He creates a new one. So some flaws. Right. He probably still would not exist <laughs> after the events of this because uh, it's like, um, is it about time? The one where he, it's like Perhaps. The, the guy can time travel kind of at will. But if he goes back before his kids are born, when he returns, they're different. Right. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense because, like, you're biologically, you're not in the same place when you have your kid if you've changed something before. So, yeah, it is interesting with, uh, like, and back to the future, like, the fact that, yeah, no one dies. Even throughout yeah. the movies, like Tannen in the third one's mentioned that he kills people. Like, yeah, do you see anyone get shot? You don't in the third one. You don't. I don't think you see anyone, but like it mentions, like when they're looking up the history. Yeah, uh, it's like killed whatever number of men, not including Chinamen and Indians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like there's stuff like that. But, yeah, it is, like, it's cool that, like, the villain never dies also. Yeah. It's like, you could have, in a dumber hands, like, in the third one, you could have seen Biff going off the cliff with the train or something, right? Like. Yeah. You could see how people could get stupid. (laughs) And, like, these are the But also, it being a time travel movie that would create problems right, right so they you could only kill them in the future well yeah that is interesting because clara doesn't die that's a plot point that she doesn't yeah die. yeah so yeah so you have negative deaths <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah back to the future that's actually i uh my mom, my dad's not much of a TV movie guy, but he does love the cartoon Robin Hood. Uh, <laughs> that's one of his favorites. <laughs> if only. But then uh, I will say Back to the Future, 
Seinfeld and I Love Lucy is a direct uh, gift from my mom. Nice. Yeah, that's funny because uh, my parents are the same. Where my dad doesn't retain anything movie-wise, it's like I might have seen that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a few things where he does uh, know or can say that he likes it. But my mom was the movie person. But yeah, I don't know where Back to the Future came from because we owned it mm-hmm. and. It was like a family-owned movie. No one specifically owned it. Yeah. Um, So my number 14 could be a surprise. It's one of... uh, I have mentioned it before, but I don't know that you would have pegged it for a top 20. Watched it recently. Friggin' love this movie. You have to see it, and now it is law that you have to because it's on my list. From 1995, Disney's Heavyweights. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Nathan, it is so good. I love it so much. (laughs) It is, uh, and it is one of those that I feel go into that category of it's kind of um, a secret, and I love it even more because not many people know about it. Although I do know there's a pretty decent uh, kind of cult following with it. Um, I've seen like apparel and the references to it and uh, stuff like that. So it's like the people that know it love it. If you have, if you don't know it, then obviously you just have no impression. Uh, I guess it flew under the radar, but like, man, is it good? Uh, yeah, watched it just a couple weeks ago just to confirm the spot because it was tricky when it could have come last week. But through and through, it's not just like, oh, yeah, there's there's a few good jokes. But start to finish, love it. You can put it on with the kids. Uh, and something I just learned because there's one part there's probably more than one part, but one very noticeable part where what they're saying does not match the lips. And I'm like, okay, they changed something here. I got to find out what it is. Uh, this is written by Judd Apatow and it kind of comes through in this joke. So Ben Stiller is the new camp owner, uh, for this fat camp. And uh, it used to be a fun place. Now he's actually making them work out and all this stuff. So he does a uh, cabin raid and finds all their hidden junk food in it, which is an amazing scene for various reasons. Uh, (laughs) But uh, the part that with the, the lip sync that's off is he's asking, like, whose is this? Like, whose is all this stuff? Right. Or who does it belong to? And then um, one of the guys says, the classic Seymour Butts. It belongs to Seymour Butts. So then Ben Stiller's like, who's Seymour Butts? Who's Seymour Butts? And he's saying it over. And then they're like, no one's seen more butts than you, Uncle Tony. And everyone laughs. But it's like, the no one's seen more butts. Like, his... 
his lips are not saying that. So I look it up and the name that he gives him is Peter Fitz. And, uh, what's the line? So they change it. So he says it's Peter Fitz. And then, um, I got to look this up now because the, the setup is a little different. Um, but is way more dirty <laughs> and Seymour Butts because it's like I've never heard that name in a thing. So Peter Fitz. Let me just see what this is. Josh really says Peter Fitz, not Seymour Butts. Um, uh, tell me the setup of the joke. Come on, Reddit. <laughs> In IMDb goofs as well. Um, what year is this movie? 95. Oh, I guess he's still saying who's, who's Peter Fitz. <laughs> like this is actually, I, I'm surprised they even filmed this. So he's, he says, who's, Who's Peter Fitz? And then he says, anyone's Peter Fitz if you push hard enough. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. Um, so there's that. But uh, that's a little, <laughs> little Easter egg for you there. But, yeah, watching this, uh, I, I watch it all the time now. Like, it's because it's something I enjoy and it is, uh, other than that little hidden thing, pretty kid friendly i feel like uh it's one of those movies where like if my kid talked the way they did at times it's like i'd be like whoa whoa whoa, you can't just say that but in a movie it's like ah whatever <laughs> so it's there it's not like uh stand by me where they're like dropping f-bombs and stuff but um i've never seen pretty, stand by me it's pretty good it's not on my list. Adam Doolittle loves it. It is. It is very good. We should. We should Isn't that a that. Stephen King thing too? Yeah, it is. There we can do that as a. You've never seen Stand by Me. Uh, but yeah, heavyweights. Um, I laugh so much, and I think it is actually well made. The director. I remember looking this up and I was like, oh, he's not done anything else that's too notable. Well, nothing that I like enjoy. It's things I've at least heard of, but uh, I feel like it's like Adam Sandler type stuff. Oh, he did. He wrote The Mighty Ducks. I don't, he didn't direct it, but. there's a lot of kids from Mighty Ducks in this. So this is three years later. There's Goldberg, uh, Carp, and I think his name is... Uh, I forget what it is in Mighty Ducks 2, um, but he's played by Keenan Thompson. Uh, yeah, Stephen Brill has directed just a bunch of Adam Sandler stuff. Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, Drill Book 
Taylor. Nothing, nothing huge, but Hubie Halloween came out last year. Holy crap, is that a terrible movie? I didn't finish it. <laughs> but his first and best was Heavyweights. Uh, I, I'm sure it's the writing in this that really does it. Like the jokes are just outstanding. Uh, and it's funny because you would expect it to be like a lot of fat jokes because it's like this kid going to fat camp, but I feel like they don't ever really like get into that because, mm. um, Oh, and then, uh, I didn't finish this, but on Disney plus there's, um, this other movie called magic camp started watching that after we watched this. I'm like, Oh, that's another camp movie, whatever. But they use the same line where it's like, no one here is the nerdy kid because we're all nerdy kids because it's magic camp. But it's like for heavyweights, it's like, yeah, no one picks on you because you're not the fat kid. We're all fat kids. And so it's like pretty wholesome because of that. And like they compete against the camp across the lake, Camp MVP, which is just a bunch of like athlete kids. (laughs) So it's like they're the bad guys because they're just like typical jocks. So. Yeah, it's it's wholesome. It's hilarious. Ben Stiller. Uh, this is my second, I think, with him in it. That and Mystery Men. Uh, it's one of his best roles. I bought Mystery yes. Men. Oh, really? Yeah, recently. Watch uh, the other night we just watched peewee's big adventure mm. <laughs> and brenda's like have you seen this guy in anything else like, did he do anything other than mystery men and i was like yeah there's a few things he's in but i mainly know him from mystery men and i greatly preferred it to peewee's big adventure but uh yeah um Heavyweights. That was my, that's my one surprise this week. I yeah, feel I would even have though never Stardust, that. you you thought <laughs> I already said, but I would not have other, guessed heavyweights. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I do love it. I love it more than Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. Uh, so I'm going with a bit of a narrative on this one. My number 13 is Apollo 13. Saw that, had to do it. Yeah. Uh, you got to take those when they're presented. Uh, that ni- is on my predictions. It, uh, this is 1995 as well. That's why I asked. Mm-hmm. Double check. Okay. 1995 yeah. is coming up strong for me. As far as the main year, 1997 was doing well, but I think 95's... 95 was Toy Story. Yeah, exactly. There's 95 was Toy Story and Apollo 13? Yeah. Tom Hanks, what the... That's insane. Yeah. I'm sure he recorded it like two years before, though, right. <laughs> for Toy Story. Uh, rewatched this recently on beautiful 4K... This movie is, talk about love. Talk about, I love this movie. I know it so well, beat by beat. Makes me love the uh, Apollo program, NASA, old NASA, fun NASA, when they're doing cool (laughs) stuff. 
uh, sending yeah. people up there. Holy cow. It's awesome. And talk about tears. I will full-on cry. I think this... I'm just trying to make sure. I think this movie is my most emotional movie throughout. I might get more emotional at other scenes, like higher highs or lower lows, however you want to say it. But, like, the amount of different points of tears, like, I am crying throughout this movie. Everything gets to me now. Uh, Even the now the son talking to his dad. And, like, even, like, when it's, like, Something went wrong on your daddy's spaceship. The door? Like, even that gets to me. (laughs) And, like, all that stuff. The wife is an amazing actress in this. Like, at the end there, when she's, like, she the kid looks at her, and then she, like, has to do her smiley face when she's trying to pretend not to cry. Like, that is such a perfect mom reaction. And all that stuff, but like the music when they launch, and just the majesty and amazingness of space travel, like and how insane it is to, that to be able to actually accomplish that, and like the music that goes along with that, and then also the music at the end and the credits, but like. When they land, I'm getting <laughs> choked up thinking <laughs> about it now. But, and, like, they're counting down, and it's just, like, four minutes. And they're supposed to, like, reconnect with them, like, after two or three minutes. And, yeah, like, uh, everyone's getting upset. And then the crackling happens and like everyone cheering is just like, this is the most genuine cheer I've ever seen. Like sports movies have it all the time. Right. Where it's like mm. big crowd hugging and cheering. But like <clears throat> this, I don't, I'm trying to think if anything does it better than this, where it's like, it feels the most genuine. It's the biggest deal because sports is just, you're winning or losing, not people living or dying. Yeah. And, like, that's what the whole movie's based on, getting these guys back home and all that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> it is uh, Ron Howard at his prime. The way they made it is cool, where they did all the, uh, or a bunch of the uh zero gravity stuff and like the vomit comet thing and they made a set on it and stuff like that where they're actually floating around and then other stuff they use strings and the others they got into the like just stand there but like move around for close-ups as if you're floating around but special effects they could improve the actual launch but Outside of that, I feel like everything is just nailed, and there's funny stuff. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it, love it. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Apollo 13. 
Well, that kind of goes along with my 13 in terms of emotion. I've already talked about Interstellar, but... Oh, you've already talked about Interstellar? Is that one you have on the list? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> uh, that was another one. I was like, has he already said interesting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, wrong again, Ernie. Uh. Yeah, this emotion is uh, similar, but uh, also starting with I. The Incredibles. Yes, I had is, that here. Yeah, you had it. I have it. It is it is incredible. I watched it uh, fairly recently. It's one of those where I'll think about it, and it's like, do I only love it because of this? And then I watch it. And I'm like, this no. whole thing is amazing. It's amazing. Like it's it is so good. Talking about Brad Bird. Um, you got to listen to this episode. Just type his name in there. It's awesome because he's on there with the guy that did the score as okay. well. Manko with something. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they're talking about the big brass, and yeah. it's like, you can't have it settle. We're just going to town. Like, yeah. you're take, they're taking over. Yeah. It's the best. So, yeah. Going along, Heavyweights is the one that it's like, couldn't tell you the music. Everything else on, uh, in these 10, it's incredible uh <laughs> to use the word again uh but yeah that big brass and even the quieter stuff like i was really noticing it um also just the voice acting is so good from everyone um love craig t nelson holly hunter yeah we had samuel two, jackson two holly hunters this week nice yeah <laughs> that's something um, Samuel Jackson, like he is, he is actually. It's weird best. because he is surprisingly good, but it's like, well, what was I expecting that right. he would be bad? Like, right. but listening to him, like when it's like, you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather be bowling. Maybe this week instead of going off doing superhero stuff, we do what our wives actually think we're doing. Like the way he delivers yeah. that and the the character animation it's like this is perfect like the way they are matched yeah. together uh like and that super suit stuff like that is yeah. genuinely hilarious like that that has been memed oh yeah but that <laughs> is a stroke of genius to like yeah. cut out of all this action and do a joke now yeah it's excellent um a few things about that uh, I've seen a clip speaking of Infinity War from the post credits in Infinity War with Nick Fury Yeah, there's a helicopter that crashes <laughs> yeah, into that a building one. and I've seen it matched up and they look the same right. <laughs> this uh, in Infinity War and then <clears throat> the other thing some people this is a surprise to me it's not but do you know his wife's name? No. Because in the scene, infamously, he says, Honey, where's my super suit? Her name is Honey. Okay. Because, and I've, I've always known this, but I've seen people like posting, it's like, oh, did you know? Because uh, Helen, 
when he comes over to like pick up uh, Bob for their bowling night, she says, "Say hi to Honey for me." There you and go. It's like it, the fans know you can't. <laughs> no, it, and so, so, there's a thing there too. That scene alone, right? The, where's my super suit? So, watching the extra features on this, they were saying like to do, like okay, we had our main characters, but for all these side characters. They de- I don't know if it was an algorithm or whatever, but like they just had like generic person and almost like the computer animate people themselves or itself where it's just like variations, right? So yeah. hair, longer hair, different skin tone, all this stuff, blah, blah. So you can populate crowds quickly instead of yeah. wasting all your time. Uh individually animating people and i feel like that's i have no this is i don't have evidence for this but you almost get a sense where it's like they don't want to animate another character so they you ne- you don't see her you just hear her voice yeah but then it makes a cool scene where it's yeah. like yeah your your problem has created something unique and cool yeah, I don't know if it was an official Pixar thing, but I think I've seen like a concept sketch for her. Right. But it's like that could have just been someone drawing some fan art. But uh yeah, that is a great uh like that's one of the best trailer stings because I feel like that was at the end right. where you see that and they do the whole scene. Where it's like, you tell me where my suit is, woman. And then she does her, <laughs> I am the greatest good you're ever going to get. Like that, yeah, that is how you do a trailer. Not these other like stings we've talked about where it's like sometimes just some little joke and yeah. it's like, eh, whatever. But I mean, when you've got gold all throughout your movie, you can't miss. Um, but yeah, I for sure, talking about crying, um, Throughout this movie, there are things that get me now, like things that didn't used to. And not that my life is like this, but even like him being depressed with his life. And like, I'm pretty sure when I watched it, when he like slips on the skateboard and grabs the car and picks it up and then the kid um, sees him. Or I guess it's then the next time he's like, what are you waiting for? He's like, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. Right. And he's like, me too, kid. And the way he said, me too, kid, like, it, like, devastated me. Because it's like, oh, man, he just wants life to be the way it was in the glory days. And it's like, it hit me then. And it's like, I don't have that, really. But I can, uh, as a man, I can understand it. And uh, the other big parts were always the airplane scene is so high intensity like I cannot handle it when she's yelling at the kids I am just 
a she, glass cage of emotions. Oh, and when yeah, she's yelling and like she's doing all the radio calls. Yeah, and that and talk about like intense, like good editing with that. Yes. is awesome. And then also, I love when uh, Mister Incredible is trying to escape, and they're shooting those like black balls at him. Yeah, and, like the editing there, where it just gets yeah. like, more and more intense. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of just really well made things in this, and yeah, the look. I, you were talking about it, how the city is kind of bleh, and it's like I get that in the first, like the middle part when he's at his mundane job. But other than that, like when they come back to the city at the end, I don't feel that the same way. So I, it's, I'm sure it's on purpose that they're just like, there's no colors. Everything is just whatever. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, I have not an obsession, but I do love Elastigirl. Got a little figure above my desk here. I have an actual like stretchy one from the Disney store, kind of like a stretch Armstrong. Uh, I keep meaning to mention this uh, <laughs> Christmas idea, not to you, but Brenda will hear this, and I gotta say it somewhere. I want a glass case for that, like Woody in Toy Story Two glass case, little wire thing to go in her armpit so she can stand up. Cause right now she's in, she's on a shelf just lying down because she's all rubbery and she can't stand. So, uh, Brenda, <laughs> write that down. I haven't said that in a while. Um, yeah. Incredibles is simply that it is incredible. Um, other fun thing related to it is the, the short Jack Jack attack. Have you watched that? Yeah. Where it's like the babysitter. Yeah. Uh, we've watched that so many times in our house because, uh, I mean, it's an easy thing to put on. It's part of the like Pixar shorts, but also just that one specifically how it opens, uh, Kari, the babysitter. It's like, it just opens to black and she's like, Wow, it's so dark in here. And then he turns on the light and he's like, wow, now it's too bright. We would replay that over and over. Alexa's just killing herself. And then we would say it. We'd do it turning on and off light switches. And, oh, man, <laughs> just that part. We would watch the whole thing eventually. But uh, it's, a, it's a favorite, that little bit. It's amazing. Um, yeah. No, and that final scene, like, they, you kind of forget, not really, but you kind of, like... Like, at their house? Yeah, that they got to come back and still... uh, Yeah. That, and that whole thing, again, not drawn out, really quick, he just goes up, he's going to a ship, and, like, I just love... Like, I, it genuinely makes me happy, the idea that the baby is getting upset that he's taking away, he's being taken away from his family. And I just yeah. love, like, that the baby would have that kind of rage, <laughs> like, if they could <laughs> actually, uh, like, have that strength, they would kind of do that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. and like, it just, 
the quick thinking and like uh, I might hit Jack Jack, throw me, and like all this stuff. Like it's yeah, so everything about that. I I might have teared up there, even though I know what's gonna happen. But <laughs> the panic of like, where's our baby? Yeah. Like that's a real parent emotion. And then the foreshadowing of the cape. Yeah. Like no capes, and then he gets sucked into the turbine because the, like that's brilliant that yeah. they that it's a joke early on, and then that is his downfall yeah. and. Talk about deaths. This movie, like he dies, but like all his like henchmen that they're fighting, like these guys are dying. Yeah, <laughs> like there's you can't say that these guys and these like flying machines colliding into each other and stuff. It's like no, they're they're dying. <laughs> so I like that, but yeah, the the efficiency of it because even the robot fight in the city, I remember yeah. thinking like, oh, that's kind of unsatisfying. They seem to beat it so easily. But I like that more now where it's like they figure it out like they're kind of on the ropes for a bit, but then they get it under control. They figure out how to beat it. They do it. And yeah, they've won the day, but then there's still another thing after. So it makes it yeah. like it's still going. It's not like, oh, we're done. So, yeah, it's uh, there's, there's just a lot of awesome things in it. I think another crying part is when he's like. Uh, when they are reunited and or no maybe it's not that it's when they get to the city and he's like I'm not strong enough yeah. I can't lose you again and it's, it's like phew, forget about it families forget about <laughs> it no it's amazing <laughs> yeah the music everything good one uh, talking about good ones my number 12 1990 Watched it last night. Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. It is. This is always like, before doing this list, is like, do I like Goodfellas more than The Godfather? And it's like, I, I would argue, actually, and I have, next week, I have the same argument, but I would say, actually, I think The Godfather is a better movie, but I enjoy Goodfellas more. It's more... Uh, I don't know if the word's rewatchable, but, like, addictive or something like that. Like, you can't turn away. I feel like The Godfather actually has elements of it, too. But the energy of this movie, for being how long it is, like it's a pretty long movie. And just, like... You were, I'm so into it, and like how it starts off. It's like for the longest, what does he say? Ever since I was younger, for the longest time, I've always wanted to be a gangster, and like all the freeze frames and that, and the music. Like, uh, everyone talks about Scorsese with his music, but like this one, especially, just nailing it just nailing it and Joe Pesci is genuinely terrifying in this because he's such a psycho (laughs) and you see him do horrible things so you know it's possible uh that's actually I would say that that's the one like uh slap against this movie there's a couple scenes early on where it's Robert De Niro with a young Joe Pesci and a young 
Henry Hill. And it's like, you should have just had another, a young Robert De Niro. So it's all three of them or get them older faster or whatever. It's like having the two of them, different actors. And then Robert De Niro there, it's a little, uh, takes you out of it. But it is so wacko. These people are horrible. But talk about narration. Like, Henry Hill's doing narration. Karen's doing narration in it. Uh, like, it's unbelievable. Like, the long shots, the music, the swearing, the creative ways of swearing. <laughs> like, it's just like, how do you guys talk like this? I love... Uh, Paulie or Paul, like the uh, big boss, when he's, uh, there's a lot of like close-ups on him and when people are asking him favors and he's always just like, what, what am I supposed to do? And he's always smoking a cigar and all this little stuff, like, uh, when they're in prison and they're living it up so much better than everyone else still. And, uh, it gets... Yeah, and it just feels perfect in, like, the insanity of it. Whereas, like, oh, there's something still moving in the trunk. And <laughs> they just stab him more and shoot him more and all this stuff. Uh, it is a weird, like... I find there's a couple things I notice where it's, like, you're on their side once in a while... Where it's like, no, someone else did the wrong thing. And you're on their side. Especially, like, you like when Karen says she gets attacked or, like, groped or whatever from the neighbor. And then Henry just goes over and just beats the crap out of the guy. And it's like, yeah, good. Like, <laughs> you, you like yeah. the, that kind of stuff. But then, uh, yeah, it's just... There, there's another example too where it's like I'm totally on their side like <laughs> when they're doing some stuff but, uh, I don't know lots of people love it I think well for me it is my favorite Scorsese movie I think it's him at the top of his game I will say this is I've heard it from other people as well but you look at, like, that famous group of five, where it's, like, Brian De Palma, uh, who's Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, uh, Scorsese. I think that's all of them, right? Yeah. And it's just, like, so they're all making stuff in the 70s and 80s. And they're the up-and-comers and all this stuff. Scorsese is really the only one like you could say Spielberg too we'll see what uh, what West Side Story brings but like I would say Martin Scorsese is the only one that's really he's had the longest staying power of like high high quality like the Departed and Wolf of Wall Street, like he's still knocking them out of the park where everyone else is either not doing anything or they're not 
is good. But, like, Departed yeah. is, like, 2006. But, like, yeah. uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I don't know when that was. But, like, things like that, even, uh, I saw, I bought that movie Silence and stuff. Like, some of his best stuff, right, is post Goodfellas. <laughs> Like yeah, he has I a think ton of, I probably like more of his later stuff because I've seen Taxi Driver. I, I was like, yeah, I've seen Taxi mm. Driver. I've seen. I haven't seen all of Raging Bull, but I've seen most of it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but like that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, he's the man, Hugo, and stuff like even the weird stuff that he got. Not weird, but like different stuff. That he got into, uh, like, yeah, Spielberg would be the only one, but I feel like he has more duds. Yeah, he's more safe, yeah. I guess. Like, pl- Scorsese's making these big swings and generally hitting them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's made that hasn't been. A success of some kind or another. Yeah. Uh, so I would agree with that. Goodfellas is interesting for me because I've probably only seen it fully once. And it was like in high school and probably over multiple watches because it's so long. So I don't have any attachment to it. But it's like I, I wonder if I watch it now one sitting and appreciating it as it should be right. <laughs> like, uh, cause like, not that I do, I don't like it, but it's like, yeah, I've seen it, but I have like zero attachment yeah. to it. <laughs> no, I find this one is truly, I think this is the ultimate if it's on cable type thing where it's like you watch the rest of it. Like it, it pulls you in so much. And it's another one of my gangster movies. I think I've got like six on my list. Well, that's kind of fitting because this, my number 12, is another Marvel movie. But... Pre-MCU, this is from 2000, the very first X-Men. Always been a favorite, talking about at one point in time being the number one favorite. This was on my uh, Silver City name tag, said Adam, favorite movie, X-Men. which I don't know, because even at that time, things would change. But I'm like, I feel like I will always like this movie. And I don't right. think like, because there's things that kind of came and went and they could have been a favorite at the time, but uh, didn't stick around too long. But X-Men, I mean, even now, I still think it's the best one. Um, I love the simplicity of it. The concept is just, there are mutants 
There you go. Like you don't need an excuse for like people having powers, but you do still kind of have this origin story for um, at least like Rogue. That's kind of the purpose that she serves where it's like this is kind of new for her. Um, She's probably like my least favorite in the whole movie, especially since I like her so much in the cartoon. She's one of my favorite uh, characters in the, the 90s cartoon. But, I mean, this is our introduction to Hugh Jackman. I think he just nails it. Um, and uh, it's not over the top. It's kind of low stakes. Like, it's not the world. It's just, like... Um, it seems very like self-contained. There is kind of a, a bigger plot with Magneto, but still it's very like operating in the shadows kind of stuff. So I like that. Um, watched it a ton on VHS. I've bought like three different copies on DVD. <laughs> what did you Blue say? Right you had Ian McKellen narrating something? Yeah. So I'm going to be narrating and I have two X-Men movies with him in it on my list. And so far I've mentioned one Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah. Great cast. He's awesome. Uh, him and Patrick Stewart. Like, and I love that they're friends now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. And this is what makes First Class such crap. Because this one is so good. It's like, you need to convince me that these guys are friends. First Class does not do that. No, it, it is doesn't. not. There is no continuity with what is set up in the very first one. So um, a lot of stuff shot in Toronto. That opening uh, well, not the very opening, but uh, when they have their first little discussion, uh, is Roy Thompson Hall been there many times with all the, yeah. the glass? Yeah. Um, th- that dialogue too is is great. Like between them, um, it's very like almost Shakespearean. Yeah. Like just it's not. Uh, how we would normally talk, but uh, still, it's uh, love that scene. I love the actual opening with Magneto as a kid in uh, Poland. That's a great cold open. Uh, sets up a lot of it <laughs> of just like, yep, it uh, mutation manifests around puberty, high stress situations. And shows how powerful he is and uh, just how he's used to being treated a certain way and doesn't want that to happen with mutants the way that it happened with Jews. So it's, it's perfect. Uh, and the music, again, it's, the score is awesome. Michael Kamen. Um, it's not used for any of the other ones. He, I think, died after this. Um but like even Mystique has her own like violin theme, which is really cool. Uh, how it comes in to kind of 
they will flash her eyes yellow sometimes when she's shapeshift, but I like that there's the, the violin cue with that. And yeah, uh, I think also James Marsden as Cyclops nails it because I talk about a Leonardo character. Like, Cyclops is the biggest dork Boy Scout. Right. <laughs> like, and I think he nails it. And it's like he's unlikable for no other reason than like Wolverine doesn't get along with him, and you obviously are going to side with Wolverine because he's the cool one. Uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> it's, uh, forgotten about, I think. Yeah. More people hold on to Spider-Man and it's like, I think this is way better than it is. the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. I agree with that. For sure. Good one. What do they call you? Wheels? <laughs> the humor. It's, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, that's the perfect example. Uh, <laughs> my number 11, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, mm. our 111th episode, Fellowship of the Ring, is from 2001, and that is my pick, and... We've had a bunch of Ian McKellen stuff on here, and I just yep. figured, let me end the show, Fellowship of the Ring. And this one falls number 11 on my top 100, but even like being the number one out of this group, which is undoubtedly how much I love this movie, but then like can easily go back to it so often. Yeah. Where it's like, this is like comfort movie. Where it's like, I know it so well, but it's just like, put that on, that prologue, and then the intro music, the Hobbit music, where it's like yeah. the slow buildup. Where it's, it's almost Star Wars E, right? Where it's like, the prologue is the initial attack. Yeah. And then it's like, then let's just calm this right down. And then, uh, yeah, concerning hobbits and all this kind of stuff. Like, you want to go to that universe <laughs> so much. Uh, and it's so pleasant. I think it's the best of the three. Uh, the Belrog. Love the Belrog. All the adventure stuff. I remember seeing the trailers for this. I think, talk about Dune and other things like Lord of the Rings was always said to be unfilmable and yeah they miss a lot of stuff in the books and stuff so I think you could do like this expansive giant thing if you wanted to make it like a 15 part thing but I think it's hard to imagine them doing that much better than they mm -hmm. did like uh, there's little issues here and there that they could fix up, but like it's it's not like the Hobbit. The Hobbit falls off so much, where the little ruts or there's just little speed bumps once in a while in this trilogy, but nothing. The highs are so good that like these little things are are nothing in comparison. But yeah, Fellowship. Love the characters, love everything about it. It's 
so easy to watch. Winter's coming up. Definitely have to watch it again. Yeah. It's my. It came out during Christmas. Definitely have to watch it. Always around Christmas. It'd be a perfect. Maybe I can get a snowstorm day and stay home from work. <laughs> that yeah, that's the perfect thing to put on <laughs> when you're stuck at home. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna lie down on this couch and fall asleep watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like you just want to be in the Shire. (laughs) I know. And yeah, it's interesting because like you actually, like where other fantasy or like sci-fi places, like I don't really want to go there. It's like, but the Shire is like, and I know that that's part of the opening of the book too, right? Concerning hobbits. It's like hobbit lived in a hole, but not any hole. Like it makes a point of like the hole is clean. It's a house. Right, like yeah. it's not like just some mud pit, but yeah, oh yeah, F- fellowship, man, fellowship. Yeah. That's my number eleven. I only have ten more to go, Adam. You have eleven more to go. Well, uh, my number eleven is has been mentioned. Unfortunately, is not Fellowship of the Ring, but it is 1977 Star Wars. Period. First. Uh, so I think I had it at 21. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just 10 off. That's not that far off. Yeah, which is I my. Uh, Empire was at 19 so it's like the they're sprinkled throughout yeah. here <laughs> like what are you gonna do it's like I obviously I'm gonna have Return of the Jedi next week um, but yeah Star Wars A New Hope as the kids call it um, it's almost quaint mm-hmm. watching it now and just so perfect though like how you you already mentioned we've already talked about it like just that classic hero's journey story and it's like this happens then this happens then this happens and it's just always moving forward don't bog us down with crap uh likable characters uh obi-wan is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and this is who Obi-Wan is, not Ewan McGregor. I hate <laughs> the prequels. <laughs> this is this is X-Men all over again. I don't believe that that is Obi-Wan. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, old Ben, crazy old wizard in the Dune Sea. The Dune Sea, that, that is just an awesome name. Like, <laughs> I know that, like, there's so many things in Star Wars, but it's like... Nobody appreciates the simple things like calling a desert the Dune Sea. Like, that is poetic. There's your poetry, George. Um, and, yeah, it is uh, it is fun. There's not a lot to it. Like, you're on the ship. You're on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. You're bouncing between that and the Death Star because of Vader and uh, Tarkin and Leia. And, and then they end up there to rescue her and then... 
you're down on Yavin 4 briefly and then you're back in space. Like there's not a lot of locations to this one. It's uh I'm sure a budgetary thing, but also just again keeping it nice and simple. Uh yeah, like this is the purest Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, how much would they have been thinking of the merchandising of everything? Not much. Like I'm, sh- I don't know that it would have been there because I f- this was like a surprise hit. So uh, there's a lot of things here that they were able to uh, make toys for and and all that stuff, but uh, I feel like it was not at that point. Not that I'm saying Empire was, because I feel like that it's in another director's hands, anyways. And I think he's just telling a story best way he can. Um, but, uh, yeah, with this one, I think it's, it's nice and simple and, um, it is so well made too. Like, I don't know, (laughs) there's things we take for granted, but like I talked about a while back, I watched Flash Gordon, which I feel like was after this. And it's like, this is so much better quality wise just the look of things and the care and the sets and the effects and like the miniatures. Like it's, it is something that I feel is taken for granted now because it's just, yeah, it's star Wars. Of course it is, but it's like, no, at the time this was even more special than what it's become. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, Again, Johnny Williams, the the score of scores. <laughs> um, not uh, not much more that can be said that hasn't already been said. It's uh, it's my number eleven, just uh, just squeaking in the top, just under the top ten. But as I've said, there's at least one more to get to for me. <laughs> Yeah, no. Star Wars, original Star Wars is the best. I think we should get together over the winter with the guys and watch some Star Wars as a group. It would be fun. Yeah. But I do think it is, uh, yeah, like, I. it's a weird thing to say because we have all seen them so much, but I feel like when you go back to the originals, everything else stinks and reads. Yeah. Where it's like, there is no comparison. Like, we all, it's almost like, uh, uh, what, uh, Robin Hood, like, absence make the, makes the heart grow fonder. And it's just like, you forget about how good it is when you're away yeah. from it. Where it's like, oh, this other stuff's trash. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just trash. Like, like, it's just. You think about the scene, <clears throat> the binary sunset right. with Luke just standing there, the force theme swells, and it's just taking its time. He's He has a longing for adventure. He wants adventure in the great white somewhere. Yes. Uh, but it's like, anytime that they tried to do that, 
again, which I don't feel like they really do in the sequels to that, the, the original trilogy, but the prequels, I feel like they try and do something like that, like toward the end of every movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're, you're reaching. <laughs> like, there's no emotion to this. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great. Like, I'm, I could go on and on, but everyone knows. <laughs> y- y- listener, you know it's great. Like, I don't need to tell you that, like, even R2-D2, who does not speak English, is <laughs> genuinely entertaining. Yeah. Like, he's a mischievous little scamp. And, like, yeah. There's a whole bit with just two droids walking around in the desert, and it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, but it's not Dexter Jackster's fifties cafe. <laughs> no, or uh, it doesn't have the Luke layers that the, Clone Wars does. Yeah. Oh, for you. <laughs> I, oh. I actually, I don't really want to watch the Last Jedi again, but I'm tempted. I kind of feel like watching Force Awakens again. But those other two, man, those movies suck. Talk about trash. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for our favorite movies of all time. Next week, this exciting conclusion. So thanks for downloading. Join us next week for the thrilling conclusion of our top 100 with our top tens. Mm.